Hi, welcome to What Are the Tax Implications? I'm Ron Scott. I'm Jeff Rosenthal. We are your first call tax advocates here once again to help increase your financial and tax knowledge. On today's episode of What Are the Tax Implications? We'll be talking about the decision that came down from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals regarding the constitutionality of that health insurance penalty if you didn't have coverage and what are the tax implications. Also, we're coming to the end of the forbearance period for a pandemic relief uh, where you were allowed to have an extension or um, kind of piling up of what you owe, but you do have to pay it all back. And lastly, if we have to spend money on additional security, additional Um, supplies to board up our businesses or homes. Really stick to businesses, though. Are they ordinary, necessary, and reasonable expenses? Whether you're the CEO of your household or of your business, questions constantly arise regarding the tax consequences of your financial circumstance. First Call Tax Advocates is always here to answer your questions and offer educational background regarding the potential tax implications of your action. Ron and Jeff are your first responders. They are board certified financial and tax professionals with over 60 years of experience. Please visit their website, firstcalltaxadvocates.com. That's firstcalltaxadvocates.com. Learn more about them, explore their resources, and leave a review of your experience. For more urgent matters, please call them toll-free at 833-568-8999. That's 833-568-8999. The topics and responses discussed here are intended for general education. Our discussions are not intended to give you advice on your specific situation. We would advise you to seek advice from a competent and licensed professional. Tax law is always evolving and our discussions are based on the law existing to date. Our first caller is Dean from Dallas, Jeff. And he's asking a few questions about the individual mandate and health insurance because he's got his taxes to be filed. But I guess he didn't, he's not paying attention to the changes uh, that came about from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. But didn't something happen interesting with regards to the health insurance penalty? Indeed, it did. Uh, so, The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act uh, said the penalty no longer applies, but uh, if you did pay a penalty for years before the uh, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled it unconstitutional in December and clarified it in January of this year, And and unless we hear otherwise, it is now declared unconstitutional. Wow. So that means there will be an opportunity for people to get their money back? There is an opportunity. We have a bizarre process called filing a protective claim. Why do you file a protective claim? Because the statute of limitations for 2016, as we talked about, uh, normally would have been April 15th of this year. 
but because of the pandemic, it has been uh, rescheduled for July 15th. So you have to file a protective claim for 2016 before July 15th. So then the protective claim will start a process. And is that the, you know, letting the IRS know that money should be refunded to you? Like, how does that work? Well, Yes, it's more like you're jamming your foot in the door because we don't yet know how this will play out, if there'll be any appeals or or, or whatever, if, if it gets appealed all the way to the Supreme Court. Um, and you're just jamming your foot in the door to keep the clock running on 2016. Okay, so there's action to be taken by people to potentially get their money back. Ballpark, Jeff. What kind of penalties have been levied in the past? Like, how big could this have been for somebody? I have seen them from as little as uh, several hundred dollars to many thousands of dollars. I've seen one for for seventy five hundred dollars. Uh, so uh, the two that I'm working on now are about thirteen fourteen hundred dollars, and um, you know that's in this world of pandemic pandemonium. Uh, that's not uh, that's not hey that's that's serious money. Pandemic pandemonium. Wow, can we uh, can we patent that or copyright that? I did, you know <laughs> in these days who knows probably not. Uh, but, but let's uh, let's help Dean. Let he did. He was a little off. He thought that he needed to, to file that he has health insurance. Now, we all get something in the mail, uh, a 1095C, that reminds us that we were covered. And then there's other, yeah, there are there's other a, letters. There's an A and a B and, and a C. An A and a B and a C. Okay. But, um, but you don't have to be concerned at the federal level about it because the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act has taken away that uh, the necessity. There are some states, though, that do require that you have proof of health insurance. Indeed, that's true. So I know for sure Massachusetts, which started this whole health insurance mandate program, has had it for years and still does. New Jersey has just began the requirements as well. And New York, I believe it is pending, uh, but it will be coming in New York. So there, I'm sure there are other states around the country. Um, and... Those rules were brought about in an era before the pandemic crisis. Now that we have many people who have lost their jobs and or businesses, the crisis that we had looming before is now going to be substantially larger. And uh, I hope Congress is paying attention because we're going to have a much bigger pool of people who don't have health insurance. So, Dean, uh, know your state's law with regards to health insurance. Make sure that you uh, file that you have health insurance if need be. You do not have to worry about filing at the federal level. And also good news for all you people out there who can take advantage of this situation. Don't remember that protective claim filing, Form 843. And hey, Dean, good luck. Our next caller is Oscar from Oshkosh. Oscar has been limping along, Jeff. He's been making his payments. He's seizing any opportunity he can to delay using the forbearance opportunities given to him from his his mortgage service provider and bank, his um, um, student loans, 
Um, any opportunity, his car payment, any opportunity he can. He's trying to be very smart about this. But Jeff, what is looming? Well, forbearance is a big fancy legal word. Essentially, that means delaying your payments. Um, and when the 50 governors um, uh, wrote the forbearance rule, they merely said that uh, financial institutions could suspend your payments uh, for 90 days, but they didn't really go into the details of what happens after. What do you think, Ron? Where does that go? I hope you, you uh, banked some money there, Oscar. For day 91. Okay. You know, again, um, financial planning, uh, being smart with your money, rainy day funds, all of these, you know, cliches, right? Um, if you have an opportunity to delay payment, great. Put money away. You mean, liquidity is important sometimes, but I hope you have the money because what could the consequences be if he doesn't have the money, Jeff? Well, before we go there, what's expected on day 91? Yeah, so some financial institutions did the smart thing, uh, smart in terms of global citizenship, in that they put those three months worth of payments on the back of the loan. Uh, that was what was thought would be the case, but they never put it into the law. So the way it is now for the banks that and financial institutions that didn't tack it onto the back on the 91st day, the financial institutions expect the three months that you were delayed and the one current month. So on day 91, the banks are expecting four monthly payments. I don't know how that's going to happen in this pandemic. Um, most people won't be able to do that. Four monthly payments all at once. So um, if they can't make all of those payments, there's going to be some type of punitive action taken against them. Um, interest on interest, interest on interest, penalties, potential, not now, not immediate, but p potential for foreclosure or cancellation of debt. You know, if you just extrapolate out. So this is a, a monster that's looming and we're approximately 30 days away from that monster popping up. So one of the things we like to do here at First Call Tax Advocates is be proactive. Um, thank you for um, calling us first, Oscar. Good move. So maybe with about 45 days to go, it might make sense for people to make a phone call and talk about, you know, what are the, what are the financial implications if I don't have my four months? Um, always communicate with those you owe. Right, communicating with the IRS, com communicating with state tax departments, um, your mortgage carrier. Let them know in advance because then they have the opportunity to work with you. So be proactive. Use this time now. Be you know be be smart. Calling on the day before when everybody else is calling could cause delays. You could be on the in the queue for a long time. You raised some really, really, really good points there. Communication is key. Document that you've called and who you spoke to. Um, 
Uh, again, we're not giving legal advice. We are not attorneys, uh, but it just seems to be very smart and very prudent to make those proactive phone calls, communicate with your financial institutions, take notes on it, and um, maybe your governor uh, or Congress will take more significant action, but at the moment they have not. So, you know, be prepared um, and, you know, be diligent. Remember, you still owe the money. The, the debt didn't get wiped out. It was just pay us in a little while when you're in a better position. Good luck, Oscar. Remember, the First Call Tax Advocates, Ron and Jeff, are your first responders. Board certified professionals, over 60 years of experience. Visit their website, firstcalltaxadvocates.com. That's firstcalltaxadvocates.com. Learn more, explore, and leave a review. For more urgent matters, call them toll-free at 833-568-8999. That's 833-568-8999. And for you subscribers, we offer a complimentary consultation to discuss your tax matter. Our next caller is Fred from Philadelphia. And Fred has dealt with some challenges this last week. He wants to uh, plan for the future in case these challenges were to arise again. What happened this week to Fred, Jeff, was um, his business suffered damage in Philadelphia. And uh, the damage was due to the rioting that took place. And yes, he, uh, he knows that he didn't prepare. But thinking of the future, um, would it be uh, a deductible expense for him to go that extra measure to protect his business? And what are the tax implications? Hi, Fred. So you have two questions really in one. What about damage? Is the repair of the damage deductible? The answer is yes. Uh, the second question is in anticipation of perhaps more damage or the next event, can you get ahead of that and do extra preparation for that? Can you hire extra security? Can you board up the building and otherwise secure it better? Can you bring in a refrigerated truck for perishables in case the power goes out? Uh, all of those things would fall under ordinary, necessary, and reasonable expenses given the circumstances. So the, the future after the shop is rebuilt, the future preparation of having those materials on hand so that you can uh, put them in place to protect your, your storefront, the glass, the doors, etc. all of that. Um, will will more than likely be deemed ordinary, necessary, and reasonable. So you can do so. But again, we don't give guarantees here on this show. We give uh, the education, considerate an expense that may be deductible. Talk to your tax advisor about that because you never know. Who knows what uh, tax year we'll be in. So right? what happens if uh, if Fred was anticipating... 
um, things getting really bad and he incurred all those expenses and nothing happened. The, his store was safe. Does he still get a tax deduction? Yeah. Yeah, he would. Right? Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, we're in really odd times and who knows what's around the next corner. Um, certainly, uh, the right to protest is guaranteed under the Constitution, but the right to destroy is not. Uh, so, you know, if you're anticipating protecting your property and your business, uh, those expenses would be deductible. Now, when we when we think about the business casualty losses, you know, we do not have this, the same restrictions that were enacted by the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act for personal casualty losses. Um, for instance, the old rules before the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act allowed for um, losses that were incurred by an individual to be considered for deductibility on Schedule A if above uh, uh, the hurdle, right, that 10% hurdle of their adjusted gross income. And then a $100 per casualty fee. For individuals, right. For individuals, okay. And then you were able to um, proceed forward with any non-reimbursed or out-of-pocket expenses paid above the 10% to then be deducted as a casualty loss. Now, same rules apply, but only if it, it occurs because of a federally declared disaster. Federal declared disaster, not even at the state level. So, Ron, what happens if Fred's personal property got caught up in the rioting and the mayhem and his his car was set on fire or overturned because it's a federally declared disaster? Does he still have the availability for a deduction? Yeah, absolutely in that case, because that would be a federally declared disaster. So... You know, we're not wishing or hoping or encouraging any lawlessness or, or anything like that, but there are provisions within the tax code to help mitigate your financial damage, the financial repercussions of this, and let's hope that the country heals. So, you know, now we have the pandemic and we have the the civil unrest due to the um, due to the killing. Uh, and uh, of Mr. Floyd. And we, you know, are just trying to figure out how do we move forward from here, especially in a financial sense. Good luck, Fred. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. You probably have additional questions, don't you? We are your first call. Remember, everyone's situation is unique but we should be your first call. We are your first responders. The 911 operator doesn't call you. Please call us toll-free at 833-568-8999. Again, 833-568-8999. And visit our website at firstcalltaxadvocates.com. We'd love to know what you've learned today. So please leave a review on our website. We have attempted to appeal to a broad audience, but we want to help everyone if we can. On our next episode of What are the Tax Implications? We'll be discussing the following topics. 
Hey, July 15th is coming. I would have said April 15th is coming months ago, but hey, July 15th is tax day. We'll be discussing things you got to remember to do and the opportunities you could take when filing your taxes. Also, facts and myths regarding being selected for examination by the IRS. Why was why was I picked for the audit? And lastly, in our potential new world with regards to higher education, what about those 529 plans that have built up? And what if students decide not to go to traditional college? What about that extra money and what are the tax implications?